I'm Laura Ingle, Fox News Radio, and we are spending a few moments with a documentary filmmaker and Syrian activists and journalists who have put together an incredible film called Cries from Syria. I want you to introduce yourselves and tell people who you are. We'll start with you. Hi, Evgeny Fenevsky, director of the movie Cries from Syria. Hi, my name is Khalud Helmi, and I am a Syrian activist and journalist, and I am uh, one of the characters in the movie. All right. So if this is a movie that will be coming out that will be in everybody's conscious very soon. Uh, it is in the theaters in New York and Los Angeles, but soon it will be on HBO. Yes, HBO, and all of the- HBO on go, HBO on demand. And it's starting from the Monday of March 13th. That is the sixth anniversary of the Syrian revolution. Cries from Syria. It is a film that is shot in many different ways. We see footage in this from many different people. You shot a lot of this yourself as well, right? I shot the interviews. You shot the interviews. I interviewed over 100 people, 100 characters, over 100 characters. So let's start at the beginning, if you will. Just tell us, you know, why you made the film, what the film shows... What I, you know, it's it's inferred what it's about, but but go ahead and tell us. I think you know what coming out of Winch on Fire that people familiarly that I did in 2015 and it's made headlines because it was nominated for Oscar. I noticed that press more and more and more was paying attention to the waves, the huge waves of Syrian refugees in European Union. And I started to follow these people because I wanted to learn more why these people fleeing their homes, why they are invading the Europe. It was exactly the headlines of the news. And then I learned that it's not was an invasion. The people just seeking shelter. But the answer to this broad situation was not there, not in the European Union, because what I learned, it was only 27 to 30% of the Syrian population who was, uh, 27 to 30% of the Syrian refugees among all other refugees who was, were coming to the European Union. So I went back towards Syrian borders, I went back to Jordan, to the Middle East, to Lebanon, where Turkey, where I started to research. And I found out that in 2011, Syrian kids been tortured. Syrian kids been killed. And for Syrian people who were living under the dictatorship for 40 years, it was the last straw that brought them to the streets, brought them to the peaceful protests, but they were met by the bullets by the government and were called terrorists. And these sparked the uprising, uprising that later on became civil war, and later on from the interventions from different sides, it became the war that somehow brought to the crisis of our days. So I try to reconstruct the history in order to bring a comprehensive story versus small singular segments that we are kind of seeing in the news. So I put it the comprehensive story that explains all why these people coming to the European Union, why these people fleeing their homes and what they're seeking. And basically they're seeking shelter. Right. And Alud, as we look through this documentary, it's been described as searing, heart-wrenching, devastating. You've lived it. Tell me what you experienced and what your role is in this movie. I mean, I was there since the very beginning of the um, revolution and I joined the demonstrators, the peaceful demonstrators in 2011 with the aim of bringing change, democracy and restoring back our fundamental rights like freedom of expression, freedom of speech. And 
out of a sudden the regime turned so violent against us and the killing of the masses in the streets, those people who were peacefully demonstrating. And then I was at home and then the shelling and the killing of people. Then the regime broke into my hometown in August 2012, killed a thousand people in three days. And I've seen all these things and I was reporting all these things. Were you ever in fear of reporting all of this? Of course, of course. I was afraid that I might be taken by the secret police and and put in detention centers. I was not afraid of death because death is the simplest and easiest way to get rid of the torture and the um, the bad luck if you will be inflicted into in the Syrian prisons. So detention was so horrifying for me, but I I took the courage to report for what's what's going on. And we continued the reporting after we established our newspaper in 2011. And we lived through everything, like the missiles landing over our heads, and then we were forced to be displaced. We left we left our homes in November 2012 in our pajamas, and then we started the, the journey of being displaced people, and then seeking refuge outside country because I was the regime was trying to arrest me and my friends. What do you hope is the takeaway? I mean, obviously, this is an educational piece. A lot of people don't realize they, they again, like I said, <clears throat> people see the headlines um, and then the the searing images. I mean, this documentary film opens up with the attempted um, escape on a boat by many refugees in in the water. And and that's footage that was shot from somebody who obviously was there, uh, who was a part of it. And then it washes to that now all familiar scene of that little boy face down that so many, I mean, I'm a mother of a, of a toddler. So when I saw that, I, I mean, it was, it was unbearable. And, and a lot of people have to look away. A lot of America, a lot of people who see these images, they just, it's so devastating to ingest the content into your soul, into your mind, your subconscious, you dream about it. You can't get it out of your mind, but that's the point. You don't want to, we can't get it out of our minds because this is happening. People need to know beyond getting people on the same page of what's happening on the other side of the world, what do you hope people will do with this information and do with the information that they've ingested from this film, this very powerful and raw film? First of all, going back to you that you are a mother, I think for a lot of mothers here or parents in the United States or across the globe, I think it's for me it was important to allow them to feel what the Syrian mother is feeling every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you are lucky that after this movie, even being te- uh, having tears, you can go and you can hug your child and kiss him because he he is safe and he is here and he is healthy and he have a future. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important to bring that at the end of the day, Syrian people, they also want to have a future of their kids. And that's why one of the reasons I try to point everything through the kids eyes keep all the movie on the level of the kids eyes who born and immediately stepping inside of this war inside of all these atrocities but still they have hope hope for their future hope to rebuild one day syria hope to return back because they're not they're not looking to invade somewhere else they only seeking shelter it's one of the messages that i want to bring from the movie so people can stop fear these people that coming out but can understand them because we are operating under the fear of our lack of knowledge. So for me, like you just mentioned, it is educational piece. It is educating people who are not familiar with these people 
who can get close to them, who can understand that they're the same people like all of us. But also the most important value that I learned, and I think we should all learn from this situation, they're fighting for their freedom or freedom of speech or uh, freedom of expression or democracy or even human rights that at some point our funding fathers of the United States, I'm American citizen, stood for and gave their lives. So I think it's important for us, in specifically this political climate that we are living right now, right. to remind that something that we need to cherish and we can also lose. And it's important not to take things for granted. Even food that we have on the table sometimes and we throw it into the garbage, you saw the kids that starving to death sometimes and still have hope. So I think it's important to reevaluate what we have in our hands because taking consideration that we also had a peaceful protests uh, all these last few months and the government wanted to criminalize them, I think it's important to re-emphasize to our own values. It's important to take things not for granted, but to value things what we have, and then keep open mind, and then we can help to these people. We can help by either giving them shelter, or at least to support the organizations that are helping them. I was reading that the UN Refugee Agency has said that 5 million Syrians are refugees when you look at the population. Um, and the questions that arise are, you know, obviously, so so we're in this the situation, right? It's March and we've got this new travel ban, for instance, in the United States that we're all working through and it's coming up and it's going to be happening the week of the movie coming out. Um, so when you look at the travel ban, you look at the current mood of the United States, of the world, of what's happening. It, will this film be able to revive the collective sympathy that perhaps needs to help a majority of these refugees? I just hope so, because you know what? At the end of the day, I think governments are operating under the fear. They try to fight terrorism, but in my opinion, again, I'm, again, I'm voicing this as the American citizen right now, not as the filmmaker, I guess. I think that shutting the doors in front of these innocent kids or people who looking for the shelter, it's wrong because, you know what, gladly all these radicals and all these radical terroristic organizations will take these kids under their wings and then brainstorm them and they have an amazing mechanism of brainstorming and then here we go, they are terrorists. And instead, I think our government should, first of all, cooperate with the intelligence that unfortunately through the news we see that there is a full disconnect between our current new administration and the intelligence. And I think we need to start from our home to look for the answers to the terrorism in our home because I'm sure that there is a sleeping cells of the different terrorist organizations here. Because if you will look backwards, all the acts, terroristic acts that happened here previously in the United States were coming from inside and not from outside. So I guess the first it's a cooperation and second everybody needs to look to the roots of the terrorism because roots of the terrorism in Syria is completely different. If you will go and watch the movie that opens, you will learn that the roots of the terrorism connected to the specifically President Bashar al-Assad, who is cooperating with Russia. And all of a sudden, we're finding ourselves that our president is wants to go and fight terrorism in cooperation also with Russia. So it's kind of a, things that are not making sense in a human brain. So I think, again, the administration need not to look for the shorter ways or easy ways, but either to learn, to research, to study, to cooperate with the intelligence and not just to shut the doors in front of the people who are seeking uh, shelter. Halud, what is your current situation? Currently, I live in Turkey after I lost all chances to be back to Syria. I can't go back to Damascus. And it's so dangerous to go back to Syria from the opposition-held areas in 
because of the extreme, I mean, the, the, the presence of the radicals. All in all, I'm homeless now. Mm-hmm. This is my situation. And your family? They made it to Turkey two years ago, so mm-hmm. we reunited two years ago. When you look at the film, and, and I've talked to a lot of people who have been in documentaries, made them, been a part of them. When you sit back and look at the footage that was shot, and I know that you, you know, you didn't shoot all of it, but you saw, you, you lived it. So when you sit and watch the film, and you see your parts, and you, and you see it in the way it's presented, you know, what, what do you take away? It's obviously a, a true and reflective piece of work of what's happening. But, but what does it feel like to you as a woman, as a, as a Syrian, as a journalist, when you look at this film? What are your hopes? I return back to the days that we were holding to our big dream that we are going to bring the change to, to our country. And then I feel like I regret all the violence that came afterwards. And I don't regret why I joined the revolution. No, never. But I feel sorry why no one has taken action to stop the killing and the bloodshed and to to put an end to all these atrocities that have been committed for six years now. The hope that now I hold strongly to is that this movie could open the eyes of the people themselves, not the governments, because governments has failed us. I mean, we've been failed by all governments. Because people are going to watch this film. Um, And again, it is a very raw look at, at what has happened, what is going on. And people will say, where are the human rights folks where are those watchdogs where's the un where is the help when you see you know the the other image aside from the little boy on the beach um you know the 13 year old delivered back to his family the body the tortured mutilated remains of this boy to make their point and you watch that and you just your mind is just you just go how why where is the help? I mean, it, it really is. It reaches down. And you, and you know what? When I was starting uh, my journey with them, it was interesting because they were feeling that we, as the world, abandoned them. And she can con- tell it to you that they were thinking that the old world abandoned them, neglected them. And I was trying to explain to her, no, to all of them, that no, we just lack of knowledge because the news starting to come from the region only after the basically the horrifying image of Elon found on the Turkish shores and then later on Russian invasion and later on uh, again uh, presented in completely different way Russian Russian uh, interference was presented as fight for ISIS that was completely wrong as I learned and then the some other horrifying images and then image of Amran in August 2016 on the back of ambulance so all these images started to kind of get again a small segment starting starting 2015 starting in mid-year summer and then uh, september 2015 and slowly slowly get there but again it was only covering already segments of the world's war in uh, involving all the other part inside Syria, but nobody was kind of trying to put it as a comprehensive story versus small segments, and nobody was trying to explain what brought to this situation, why these people are struggling right now, why they're all fleeing, and why the war is happening in their own country. Go ahead. What I wanted to add is that I believe in the people themselves. So when they sympathize and associate themselves with all the things that they see and watch in this movie or documentary. They might take action and practice a kind of pressure over their governments to take an action, stop the war. 
or uh, simply sympathize with the normal ordinary people, pray for them at least, or help every way possible. And I want to ask you both, we'll have to wrap it here, but um, you know, in, in terms of when people are scrolling, because I'm, you know, I sit and I watch TV and I go through my HBO and I'm looking and I see cries from Syria and I see the image of the child on the front of cover, so to speak, for cries from Syria and people go, you know what, I don't know if I can watch this right now. Maybe it's just a little too tough. But it's something that, like, you know, we always encourage as New Yorkers, people who come here to New York, go down to the World Trade Center. It's, it's your duty. You need, to, you need to see it. Like, we always encourage people to see that. And I, I encourage people to watch this film. What do you want to say to somebody who's scrolling around, who sees cries from Syria come up? Why do you want people to watch this film? I think as a reminder of uh, some historical lessons that we need to learn, as the reminder of something that we need to reevaluate our values, as something that other people lived and we need to prevent from the future of our kids because we are responsible for the future of our kids. I think people need to watch this movie to learn the historical lessons in order to prevent something that can happen. And for me, what's happening in the movie can happen anywhere in the world because like I said, I was doing two movies about two different revolutions, but what I'm seeing right now in both of them started to happen in our country. And I think in order to prevent, we need to learn. And that's why people need to see the movie. Hello. For me, I, I really want people to learn about us from this movie. And I want them to, to know that the Syrian cause or crisis, as they call it, it's not a refugee crisis. It's not ISIS. It's the story of the people who really had a great dream of change in democracy in 2011. And then all the events led to the crisis that they are living now. All right. Again, the film is called Cries from Syria. It is in some theaters now. You will see it on HBO and all of the apps that come along with it. Uh, say your names for me one more time. Evgeny Evnevsky, director, producer of the movie. Khulud Helmi, Syrian activist and journalist. And they have spent a few moments with us here at Fox News Radio. I'm Laura Engel, Fox News. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.